You're listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the 46th episode, we sit down with Yossi Ruddle talking about skateboarding and life. Let's do this. Hey, Yossi, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Tommy, thank God. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. How's everything going? Thank God. You know, the rain, It's it, there's no bad weather. There's just bad clothing, right? Right. I mean, I mean, I don't even know if I consider this rain that we have out here, you know? <laughs> right. So where are you originally from? I am originally from Milan, Italy, born and raised in Italy. That's cool, man. So what was it like growing up in Italy? Um, it was really nice, genuine. Um, I had a great time. Uh, like I'm part of a big family. We're 17 in a family. So there was always, you know, stuff happening at home. Um, I loved, I absolutely loved the, the Italian warmth, the soccer, of course, uh, just the love of life. Um, we used to go in the summer, every summer in the south of Italy. That's like the real Italy, you know. Milan, mm-hmm. where I grew up, is more like European. They're more stuck up. Uh, but I, I got both of best worlds. So I, I, I lived every summer for three months in the, in the south. And that's where people really, they don't have big aspirations, but they just live life. They're content. Uh, and I, I love that. I, I really love that, that time of the year, spending time with those people and, um, I'm, I love Italy. I'm, I love the fact that I'm Italian. Oh, that, so so you so you are Italian Jew, correct? Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. Like, do you say I'm Jewish Italian or Italian Jew? But I guess in the English language, Italian Jew makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Jewish. And I'm Italian. Oh, that's pretty rad. So you you got like so you got like two different sides of culture right you have the the jewish culture and you have the italian culture so i mean that's that's pretty rad to have yeah yeah i'm i'm you know being my mother is is american my father's canadian so i i also grew up with that you know knowing that culture and i've always been very proud of um you know the just the the european history like the you know we we've been around for a long time so obviously I'm extremely proud of my Jewishness, um, but I, I love the fact that, that Italy has so much history, and I I'm I, I love history, and I brought my wife around Italy, like just going to Rome and Pompeii and all these. It's like you're going back in two thousand years. Mm-hmm. I love that fact that that, and I can I can see it in in people's culture, like Italians. You know, they might not be the, the most honest people, but they're real. You know, and I feel like in America, we're we're missing a bit of that. You know, even though a lot of Americans are immigrants, um, but I feel that sometimes that there's there's a bit more superficiality to things. So I, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree because I mean that's basically what America was built on was like immigrants. You know what I mean? Like our families coming over from you know all over Europe or the, you know escaping like the Holocaust and stuff like that coming over here, you know, and that's what built America was immigrants. And, you know, and I think a lot of people or generations forget where their family came from, you know, or, or don't realize like America is, is built on immigrants, you know? 
Yeah, I thought, yeah, it's it's really fascinating because like we all we all come from somewhere. Even if you know people immigrated three hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, we all like didn't grow up here. And I think it's one thing amazing about America is that people right away feel so at home and they feel like this is their place. So, you know, the good thing is that people feel at home and people feel that they belong. The bad thing is that they forget where they come from because they, they're they're so proud of being American that they, hey, you know, you have thousands of years of history and, you know, bring that, bring that culture, bring that, you know, genuine uh, love of life or whatever that is to, to this country. And I think, you know, sometimes we forget that. Yeah, definitely do. A lot of people do. And you can tell too, you know, because they, they, they just don't realize like, where they come from or they do know, but they don't care, you know? Right. And, and so, so growing up in, so you, so you and, and your 17 siblings, and that's, that's crazy to have, <laughs> I never heard anybody have 17 siblings. That's, that's pretty amazing. So how did, how did your parents know who's who? Did they like, you know, you guys had to wear like separate clothes or, or what? <laughs> so, so first of all, now that I have kids, I realize how insane, having 17 kids is it's it doesn't just happen you have to really you know have the intention to really it, it's it's insane like i i have three kids now and i'm like i don't know how in hell can you do that 17 kids um and it's funny like people always ask me like you know how how was it growing up and and people always imagine that like you know like dinner was the oldest one had a, like a big plate and then you know the the youngest one had like a really small plate you have to understand we there's almost 30 years between the oldest and the youngest. So mm -hmm. we didn't really grow up together. Like um, I, I wasn't born yet at some of my siblings weddings. So, because I'm the, I'm one of the youngest in the family. So, so yeah, you know, it, it's probably the most people like kids and siblings we were together was 10. Um, and, but all I remember it was just, it was fun. It was, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I was in, in between girls. Like I had three girls on top of me, two girls after me. Mm -hmm. um, but so I was always the, you know, the cowboy, the husband, you know, you know, whenever we played uh, games. But um, it, it just my parents are just incredible, giving, genuine, real people. And, and it's it's incredible, insane how they did it. And because the, the, the most amazing thing is, it's not just they gave birth to 17 kids. Mm -hmm. They nurtured every single one. And, and we see it even in, with our kids, like their grandkids. Every grandkid feels that they're the only grandkids, like whenever they come and visit my parents. And, and the same thing with kids. Like we all feel, you know, unique and loved and appreciated for who we are. So it's not just having 17 kids, which is insane, that in mm -hmm. itself. But it's it's the the fact that we're still, you know, really close to each other we we we're like you know yeah support each other so it's it's a, a huge blessing that i i never take for granted and, and that's awesome to have i mean I, I already have like two siblings you know my parents only have three kids and they're all you know they had three boys so i mean how so you said you had sisters so were you did you have like two older brothers or two brothers or or what so seven boys and ten sisters Holy cow. 
Yep. <laughs> your, your dad was like, holy gosh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Finally, I my, got a boy. <laughs> my, my father always said, I, when people asked him, like, how did you do it? He said, I understand that I don't understand. You know, like Socrates said, right? I know yeah. nothing. So he said, you know, whatever, whatever God gave me, that's good. Like when I, like before we got married, my wife and I, I, I didn't think of going 17, but like, you know, hey, you know, maybe 10, you know, because, you know, obviously my standard is pretty, <laughs> pretty high. But, and then, you know, we got complications and, and, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as easy as we thought. And in fact, it was really hard. So then, you know, life, life changes and, and, and you have, you realize, okay, that's fine. Honestly, it's easier, you know, <laughs> not to have yeah. 10 kids, but it, it's God, whatever, whatever God gives you, 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 you know, you, you're grateful for. And yeah, you give the kids that you have all, all that you have. Yeah, that's right. And also to you, I think at that time when they had, when your parents had kids or our parents have kids, times were different than it is now. You know, you can't, you don't hear that many people of our, our generation or, or our era of having 17 or 20 kids or 10 kids, you know, usually they have like one to three and that's it, you know? Yeah, for sure. We, we definitely became much more like career oriented and, and, you know, kids uh, can be a burden most of the time. So people just like, okay, you know, why should I have kids? And it's not really about, you know, just continuing, you know, uh, our, our family continuing our, culture but it's it's at, at the at the highest level parenting is it, it's a superpower so like we we can we god gives us the this incredible power to to raise kids and you know to to give to so mm-hmm. i think people don't really value giving they're they're much more focused on taking what life has to give them so parenting is is the best way to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 pretty rad, dude. And and also too, like like do, how did you? Because you're you're a musician yourself, correct? Right. Okay. And like, how did you grow up with music? Did you, like your your siblings or your parents like were all in musicians or like into music or what? Um, interestingly enough, like other than a few siblings like learning piano lessons. No one in my family was really like musical, like other than, you know, maybe doing harmonies, uh, singing. Some of us have, you know, good voices. My parents both have good voices, but no one like took took it really seriously. Um, I was always fascinated by, by you know, the piano and um, loved listening to music growing up. But... Um, really, when when it became much more of a thing, um, it was after my my sister died. Mm. It was like a, a tool to to process my pain. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm sorry to hear about that. Because um, I mean, you you have you know it's losing you know a family member or anything is like the most difficult thing. You know, like I lost my mom. Well, I lost my dad in 2017, and four years later, I lost my mom you know, 2021. So, I mean, it's, it's a really, it's a really tough thing, you know, to lose a sibling or, or a family member or anything, you know, for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't realize 
I was 12 when she died. She was 10. Mm-hmm. So she was the one after me. Um, and I, it took me years to realize how much, because I thought, you know, I'm 12 years old. I don't really know what life is. I don't know what death is, you know. Sure, you know, I was sad, but like I missed her. But like I didn't think, I didn't know the extent, how much it impacted me. Um, but I, I realized in 2020 when I, I wrote my, I finished writing a song about my journey with grief and, you know, growing uh, without answers, so to speak, from my sister's death. Uh, I, I, you know, it took me 12 years to start therapy and realizing like, oh, wow, that really, because, and that's another thing, okay, I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but I lost my, my father died uh, like four months ago. Wow, so, sorry about that, brother. Yeah. So that, that was um, another thing that really made me look at, I, I started reading this book last year before he died. Uh, it's called the grief recovery handbook mm-hmm. and it just made me realize how much you know they say like we were taught how to acquire things not how to lose them and it's so true like we don't know what to do when we lose a, even you know it doesn't have to be only death it could be divorce it could be loss of of a job it could be i mean how many people lost jobs in in, in you know during the lockdown and th- so there's so much grief happening every year and we have no idea what to do. Like we just say, whatever, you know, you know, keep busy. Uh, uh, you know, time will heal. All time, you know, time will do do its thing. And and it's so not true because like the energy that the loss creates, it stays. It doesn't go away. You know, it stays there. Either you 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 can channel it in different ways, but if you don't channel it, it's gonna it's gonna get out. You know, it's like a it's like a, a kettle, right? Yeah. You have the energy inside. If you put a cork and you don't share it, you don't figure it out, it's going to explode, you know, after a while. So that's what happened with me. It just exploded and, um, you know, a depression. And I, I finally, you know, started therapy seriously. And I, I wrote a song about it. It's called, it's called Dry Tears. Um, and that was the start of a, of a long journey. And that's actually a beautiful song because I mean, you know, that's definitely one of my favorite songs that you of yours that I like because of, you know because it has a lot of meanings to it. And then you know, me losing my family, you know, it it, it makes me you know more more appreciative of the song. You know, for sure, yeah. It's I feel like um, music, it like at its best, it, it just gives you the the words. Or it just gives you a voice, you know, something that someone understands you, someone that feels, that makes you feel that, you know, relates to you. So I, I think it's it's such a, I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, and, and it definitely is. I mean, music is like, like what you said, you know, 100%. And also too, you know, music, you know, you can be driving down the road or working or whatever. And it's just kind of like, whatever you're listening to, it, to me, it's like, meditation you know what i mean because you're driving and, and you're focusing and and you have a good song that comes on and it just puts you in that mind of meditation you know for sure i mean driving in general for me it's like a meditation because it's like you know you're you're focused but like it's a very you know what you're doing so it's 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 some kind of a meditation 
meaning driving itself is already a meditation and then music adding music to it it's like yeah it's the best the best combo um i i've i've so many so many times that um you know in a certain mood or i'm in a certain frame of mind and then the right song comes up and suddenly the words have a whole different meaning you know then because every day we're we're different mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah it's an amazing thing and, and i'm gonna go back a little bit um how old were you when you started playing music or performing or or, or you're starting to like writing lyrics and stuff so i wrote my first song when i was 14 it was about my sister mm-hmm. uh but didn't really you know pursue i mean I kept playing guitar a little bit and I don't consider myself, you know, a great guitarist. I just, you know, do it for, to perform or maybe just, you know, to write music, you know, songwriting. Um, It was when I was 20 when it really started taking more uh, of a serious, because I I sold a couple of songs to, to a uh, music artist. Mm -hmm. And then um, once I got married, I really, uh, I released my first song. My first single was called Unspoken. And I slowly, you know, nothing. I didn't have a big, you know, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have a plan even. I just released a, a song. And then slowly people started getting me for, for performances, more like holiday performances. And because uh, I didn't really, ha- I was singing other people's music. Mm-hmm. And then with time, just um i mean i released my first single january 2018 mm-hmm. in 2020 um 2021 uh, is really when like i started really getting more you know traction mm-hmm. um and then you know this past year has been really a boom like i i performed in south africa in la in times square in new york um so really like I realized, like I always thought, like you know, I'm just gonna put out music, meaningful music, and then you know, hopefully it impacts people, and then you know, we'll see where it goes. I never thought of myself like of a performer, but you know, the more I do it, the bigger venues or um, just even intimate concerts, but I see how people really you know get the energy uh, from me and and just the songs, and um, so it's it's. You know, it's it's amazing now where where it's it's going. So now this year I did a lot more uh, inner work in terms of brand strategy and um, you know really finding fine tuning my vision and uh, you know setting the steps to to get to my goals. Um, so yeah, you know started when I was fourteen. When I was twenty four, that's really when I started releasing music original music and then performing and now mm-hmm. I'm 29 and uh, the sky's the limit. I mean, thank God I've, oh. I've, I have very big plans. <laughs> and that's awesome. You know, starting at 14, you know, going, you know, coming from a, a family of 17 and, you know, and writing, starting writing music when you're at 14 and then, you, you know, and then it just develops and develops and develops. And that's pretty rad that, you had that, you know what I mean? And was your parents very supportive of you being a musician and stuff? Um, they never really, in the beginning at least, uh, like I, I was part of like a, a choir or something as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but they never, 
And I, I kind of like that, you know, like sometimes parents can be like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, the greatest gift to the world. And then people go in shows like, you know, The Voice or whatever, and then they get crushed because they're not that great. So I, I, I appreciate the fact that they didn't pump me. Um, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't. Also, I wasn't really performing when I was 14. It was very, it was very personal, intimate. Like I'll, I would play in the bathroom. That, that, that was the extent of it. <laughs> I, that, that was, that was where, that's where my, cause I just felt, you know, comfortable and, and uh, it was just for me, really. When I was 24 is when I started saying, okay, maybe, maybe this is good stuff that people would enjoy. Uh, but once I actually got out, out there, they were so extremely proud. And uh, they always told me, oh, send us this song and the lyrics. And yeah, they were extremely, it was very nice to, to see their support and how they, they, how they were proud of me. Like they were, they would tell their, you know, their friends and like, oh, they were so proud that he got to perform in Times Square. And I'm, and I'm very proud that my father did see me, uh, you know, even though obviously he still sees me now, but I'm, I'm happy that while he was still in this physical world, he, he did see me grow, um, in the, even in, in my music. So I'm, I'm right. cause I, I, I know a lot of people, uh, musicians, even, I mean, I'll give you an, uh, even an example outside of music, but like Cristiano Ronaldo, like the soccer player, mm-hmm. you know, his father never saw him grow or become the, the, the man that he became. So I, I'm very happy that my father did see me, you know, already further in my journey. Man, that's rad. I mean, that's definitely rad. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, my dad's my dad, before he passed away, he, def- he saw a little bit of me, you know, developing – you know, my stuff, you know, and my, you know, pushing my career. And it was always, you know, my parents were always supportive of what I did. You know, I mean, even my mom, you know, when I was started skateboarding and getting into skateboarding, she would sit there and watch skate videos with me and, you know, and like didn't care, you know, and then, you know, and then once I started, you know, TSM Media 12 years ago, you know, they were very supportive, but they were also too like, Hey, you better get a job on the side, you know. I mean, <laughs> but and, when my, and then once we got in, me and my partner got into, our co-owner got into uh, more to like live stream stuff and podcasts and stuff. My dad never got to see that because actually, when I told him about the contract we signed with the live live stream shows company, and he was really hyped about that, and but he never actually got to see my first episode um six years ago you know because he died passed away in 2017 like right on new year's eve and so he never got to see it but my mom did and she was very she was very like hyped about it she would brag to her not brag but she'd tell her 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 the nurses and doctors about me and you know and i would send her like the link of the video and stuff so i mean having your parents and having or having a family supporting you it's it's like the most biggest thing in the world, you know, for sure. And stuff. So, and so you performed in Times Square. How was that, dude? Were you nervous? It was like, were you like handshaking or what? So, it, just to give you like the background, <clears throat> it's so the the there is a, a concert happening every year. It's called a Shabbaton, so it's like a weekend mm-hmm. for Jewish teens in New York. And like the highlight of it is 
uh, a concert in the heart of Times Square, like, you know, American Eagle, like right, right in, in the heart of Times Square. And so, you know, I, I grew up going sometimes to that concert. I think I, I've been there in 2017. And it, it just always felt like that was like one of my biggest dreams of like performing there because I felt like it's, it's like, you know, the, the height of like the physical world, that that's like the, you know, the top of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, but like the Jewish pride and, and just 3000 teens, like the youth coming together. I felt like it was like the perfect combination of like spirituality and, and the physicality coming together. So I felt like it, it was just a dream. So in, in 2021, I, um, I came to the organization that organizes this, this uh, weekend and it was COVID. So it was lockdown. So they, they couldn't do it that year. Mm-hmm. So they were looking for something, you know, to do something, a new song maybe. So I had this idea of, of taking an old camp song, Jewish camp song, and really like making it from like a minor chord, some more serious song into something a lot more exciting. So we recorded it and we made a video in three weeks. It was out and I expected it to like just boom, but it didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Then in the in the spring of 2021, there was like a major like social media attack on Jews because of yeah. the war. So there was a lot of like Jews were eating a lot of crap on, on social media. They were being attacked. And, and so suddenly like people found my music, my song, which was very in your face. Like I'm a proud Jew and like, you know, deal with it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew and I'm proud. And that's, that's what I'm going to be, you know? So people really found like, uh, just a source of, of, of power from the song. So that's that spring and that summer really exploded. Like now it has like 700,000 streams, which is wow, incredible. Yeah. Thank God on, on Spotify. So it really went out and to, to such an extent that next year. So this 2022 in February, 2022, a year ago, they said, Hey, you want to perform that song in Times Square? And I was like, this is it, you know, that's, that's the dream. And um, obviously I was nervous, nervous as anything. Were you uh, sweating what, and everything? It, it was more than sweating. It's just like, I wanted to give it all. I, I obviously you, it's just, a, I, I can't even describe, like, it, it's not just an incredible place to perform, but, you know, and, and also in front of 3000 teens, but it's, it's also like, the years of like anticipating it, you know, dreaming about it. And like suddenly it was happening. Um, all I can think of, it was like three minutes. Like I didn't exist. It was. Yeah. I just didn't feel myself. It was, it was, it was like, I was my mission. You know, I felt it was just me, my soul connecting with 3000 souls and just seeing like when my song goes like in the the instrumental part it goes like i'm a juju 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 just seeing everybody jump and uh, it's oh, like I, I told them to do it you know it was just natural like everybody was so excited uh it was it was crazy it, it, yeah it was incredible uh just i was buzzing for like the whole night it was incredible <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually imagining all this. When, when you're telling me this story, I was just imagining in my head, like, this, like what, all the people out in Times Square that, that watching you perform, just jumping up and down like that. That's just, that's amazing ex- experience to have, you know, as you're one of your first performance in t- Times Square, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, you know, hopefully more, many more to come. Um, but yeah, I actually have, I just posted a video uh, on my website, uh, you can see that that performance. It was incredible. Okay. And and did you do you feel that song is what proud you is what got you to where you're at now, or was there another song that got you where you're at? So it, it's interesting because I I thought that like most of my you know performances concerts, I feel like that's kind of my you know ticket. You know, mm-hmm. to get in because because everybody loves that song. Uh, but interestingly enough, I think that the song that came before it, which was in August of 2020, which is Dry Tears, mm-hmm. I think that one was really. So I think it's a mixture of both. Um, so usually, if it's like uh, just a concert for, you know, some holiday or just you know some organization that just wants you know an, a nice. Uh, high high energy performance usually it's probably because of proud jew so because it's a very exciting song it's very you know full of jewish pride but i think a lot of people um like i caught you know as as in, in the music business you there's a lot of competition there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's so much music out there even in the jewish music which is a smaller you know, audience you know it's just a few million people um I mean, let's say let's say twenty million people. Mm-hmm. Even even in the Jewish music business, there's a lot of a lot of artists. Um, but I think I I cut through the, the the noise because I stood out because I I put I published a very very personal intimate song uh, that you know usually people don't do that like people don't talk very openly about their struggle with grief and. Um, so I, I think, you know, I made, I made a, a big difference with that. And, you know, I mean, the proof, uh, you know, numbers are just numbers, but the fact that there is, you know, a bit more than a half a million, uh, streams on Spotify goes to show that, you know, it's, it's a personal song. I didn't have a major label behind it. I didn't have, you know, big influencers. It, you know, just people really felt, uh, uplifted by it, and they f- really felt something from it that people genuinely shared it because they found it so helpful. So mm-hmm. I think it's a mixture of both, you know. Um, yeah, and, and that's a good song too. I do like that song a lot. I, I jammed out sometimes in the car, you know, when I'm, I had the windows down and it's not raining and it's nice and sunny. <laughs> that song pops on my Spotify and I'm like turn it up. <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely has. It took us a long time to find the perfect, the right vibe to that song because it's when when the you know right before the chorus goes down, it's very unexpected that 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 beat, um, that it that intensity, um, it, it's it's yeah you don't you don't know what to expect so it, it kind of gets you by surprise. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have that that pop feel, but also that that emotional intensity to it 
So thank God, my producer and I really, you know, nailed it. Thank God. Yeah. And then I heard you, you know, go back a little bit. You said, you know, about social media, about, you know, a lot of anti-Semitic on social media and, 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 and also too in the news and, you know, people interviews and stuff like that. What's your out, what's your take on that? What, of what about anti-Semitic, like what can you educate people about that? You know? Right. So I, I think there is, there's two, two different crowds um, that, that need to hear, you know, this message. So obviously like the anti-Semites that are, you know, they're, they, they grew up with the wrong education uh, that, you know, that's the people that if you see them in the street, they're going to punch you in the face. Mm -hmm. Those people you can't talk to because like, there's no, unfortunately there's no middle ground. And these people, unless they come to the realization, like they're, they burst their bubble they're not going to change the way of thinking. You know, the, it's, it's a lifetime of, of education. I think the people that really can, can be affected and can need to be and have to be educated are the people in the middle, the people that don't know, that are not sure, they don't, they don't know what, what, where they stand. So that's the people that we need to educate. That's our friends. That's the people uh, that are, you know, kind of in the middle. They don't know. Um, unfortunately, because... Uh, you know, on social media, it's much easier to go the other way, to to listen to, you know, the the majority of people. Um, so that's the people we really need to educate. What where anti semitism comes from? Like I, I always tell people about, um, you know, this incredible uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Mm -hmm. He he has a, a nineteen minute video explaining. He went to the parliament, the European parliament, just explaining what is anti-Semitism, like what, why, why, you know, are always the Jews, uh, the ones that are blamed for. And it's just very, very well explained. And it really gives you an explanation of where does anti-Semitism comes from. So it's, I think the people in the middle need to be educated, you know, understand where it comes from. And I mean, in the most basic form, because people think like, you know, there, there's got to be a reason why so many people are mad at, at the Jews, right? There's got to be a, 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 a good reason enough for people to, to hate on the Jews. And the sad truth is that it's all insecurity. It's all an inability to take responsibility for your failures. And, you know, people blame because mm -hmm. they can't. And, and, and unfortunately, it's. A lot of people do that, not just the Jews in general in life. A lot of people, it's not it's not very, uh, I'll say sexy, but like it's not very appealing to, to take responsibility. And, you know, yeah, say I failed. I'm not a failure, but I failed and I'll take responsibility and I'll, I'll do better. A you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. So, yeah, that that's the sad truth. And anti-Semites. At the core, that's what they do. They they can't take, and this is what happened in the Crusades, in the Holocaust, and it and it happens today. Same thing. People fail. They can't take responsibility, so they have to blame. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing. That's one crowd that need to hear that message. And I think you know the bigger bigger message is for the, for the Jewish people. Um, it's very easy to to feel um, you know to me, and this is something that. 
um, I had to learn with time because, you know, I grew up uh, observant, you know, in my religious uh, bubble. So mm-hmm. to me, I like, you know, I, I grew up in Europe, so I did experience a little bit of anti-Semitism, but it was never, you know, nothing major. It wasn't like France or something because Italians are just good people. You know, they don't care. It was yeah. mostly the, the Muslim people that, you know, did trouble. Um, yeah. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't experience it, you know. Uh, f- but for a lot of people that are not in, you know, very, very involved with the Jewish community, or you know, more secular, so they don't, they don't feel this support or their backup. For them, it's very easy to just shut up, mm-hmm. and you know, because they don't feel that they have this voice and they have this, you know, confidence to say, hey, because they don't know, you know, they don't have that that backup from the community or someone teaching them you know um so i think the jewish people need to educate themselves on on where does anti-semitism come from and they need to be to have a little bit of knowledge to educate the people in the middle right mm-hmm. to educate the people that don't know and i think the more proud we are of of who we are of what judaism represents of why we're here the more clarity we get on that the easier it is for for people like if someone comes and hates on you and you're like, you know, I feel bad for you because you have no idea who I am. So you don't take it personally. Like, you know, okay, it sucks when you get attacked because in social media, it's obviously it's very different. It's on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we have to speak up. We have to um, be, be proud of who we are and, and learn what, what, what do we have to be proud of? So, yeah. you know, this is one thing I always um, very passionate about. Like, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our identity has been connected to anti-Semitism, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, you know, the, if if it's something from now, or you know, we we try to educate ourselves about the Holocaust, and we got to have a, the right balance of how how important anti-Semitism is. Because, you know, think about it from a young Jew's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's in college, which obviously in college is even more difficult because there's so much anti-Semitism going on in college. Mm-hmm. So we definitely have to, you know, work together with other Jewish people and, and, you know, be strong about it. But I feel like if the only identity that you have is anti-Semitism, that can create kind of a blame or a, a victim culture that who am I? I'm the one that everyone attacks. So we, we want to be aware of anti-Semitism. We want to educate ourselves and the people in the middle of why anti-Semitism is not good. It's not just because it's, it's harming us. Anti-Semitism is harming the anti-Semite because he's not taking responsibility for his failures. That's, that's never going to help the person himself. You know, so this is not just about us. It's any person, any human being that can't take responsibility, that's going to harm him and in, in, in every aspect of life, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's important to say how important it is to educate yourself why anti-Semitism happens. How can we educate people so they realize that the problem is not the Jewish people, but the anti-Semites. But also, we have to have 
we have to hold on to a Jewish identity that's not just connected to the Holocaust and the fact that everyone attacks us. Because yeah. if that's all you have, then like, why would I want to be a part of the 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 you know? It sounds like a loser that people, everyone is against you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think we have to have uh, Jewish pride. We have to know what we stand for. We have to know, just learn more about what Jewish values are, what we have from the Torah, from you know Jewish. Um, you know, we have Judaism is so rich. It can give you, you know, just a, a source of purpose, of of confidence, of finding true happiness. That, you know, anti-Semitism is just one facet of of Jewish identity. But like, if you have, if your Jewish identity is so full of like good stuff, like purpose, helping others, uh, being successful, all this good stuff, then anti-Semitism is like okay, it's another. Another thing that comes with the Jewish package, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, and 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 then see, and it's also too, it's it's not just social media; it's also the media that that's that's putting that stuff out there. You know, like you know, they're not really helping it, helping anti-Semitic stuff. You know, and and it's just to me, it's 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 very it's very sad. You know, and. You know, and, and one thing I always remember what my parents always told me, you know, my, you know, my, my, my parents' history was my dad's Jewish, my mom's Polish. And when they were growing up, they, those family, my dad's family, and my mom's family refused them to be together because of, you know, different religion or, you know, my mom was Catholic, my dad was Jewish, you know, and they weren't allowed to be together. And so what my parents did is, is my dad joined the army and married my mom and you know they took off because they were in love but the family disowned them you know and didn't want them because of that you know and then down times they finally accepted it and accepted it and accepted it and stuff like that and then you know and 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 my parent my dad's parents raised me more Judaism but I also too I was also raised by Catholic you know because when my, my dad was gone a lot in the military, you know, when, um, you know, my parents came to, you know, asked, like, we're settled in Florida, you know, we got three kids, what, we want them to have some kind of religion in the background. Well, my dad says, you know, I'm gone a lot. So, you know, I, I don't have time to, you know, teach them Judaism or take them to, you know, to things and stuff like that. And so they, my mom, was like, okay, we'll just raise them as Catholic. But then my, my dad's parents raised me a little more Judaism. You know, I learned a lot about Jews and, and he, you know, a little bit of Hebrew. I don't remember a lot of it, but, you know, I was more raised that way than I was Catholic, you know. And, and I just, I, me personally, I remember, you know, it's always going to be in my memory is when, you know, I was like, a, you know, I went to a Catholic school and, and they were talking about, you know, um, Hanukkah and stuff. And, you know, they knew I was Jewish, the teacher knew I was Jewish. And so I asked if I can bring some stuff in. So, you know, I brought some stuff in, you know, and then I remember the kids made fun of me because I was Jewish, you know, or raised Jewish or whatever, you know? Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, and, and, and it was tough, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it in a way it is not destroyed me, but it, it, 
I didn't know how to take it because I was so I was like in second grade, you know what I mean? Like I because kids were just bashing me because I was different than them, you know. Right. And, and it was hard. And then my mom took me out and put me in public school, and it was better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's unfortunately it's it's a reality for so many kids. Yeah. And then, and then when I got older and older and my parents, you know, realized I was more, you know, pushing, you know, or not pushing, but more focused into Judaism and, and, and Jewish, you know, living the Jewish way and stuff like that. And they always told me, like, just be careful because the world's never going to accept who you are. You know, the world's different. And, you know, I'm worried about you, you know, you, 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 you live in the Jewish way and, and you're Jewish pride, proud, you know, and, and, you know, just be careful of what you say to people because there's people out there that's are against you, you know, and I, and you know, nothing ever happened to me, knock on wood, but I mean, I, I have seen, I sit back and I watch and I, and I see how people act and I, you know, and this and that, and I'm just like, you know, but I'm still proud of who I am, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, um, I think in a way the that that view on life, um, I think it changed a little bit in recent times, because, like now, yes, there are people out there that don't like Jews, but I feel like now, if you if you accept this is one thing I I once heard and I I think it's such a powerful, um, you know, way of of just a powerful thing to think about. So this this rabbi who was uh, sexually abused as a kid, he was asked once on an interview, he said, like, you weren't, when he called the police and, you know, started the whole uh, legal uh, fight with his abuser, they asked him, like, you weren't afraid that people were going to just label you, oh, the rabbi that was sexually abused? And he said, you know, the the concern for what people think about you is usually usually a reflection of what you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're okay with not okay, but saying if you're if you accept yourself, then it doesn't matter what other people if they don't accept you, like that's their problem. You know, it's like if you don't like me, then you know I I know I'm I'm a great guy. So if you don't like me, that's your problem. So I think there's a lot more of that accepting in 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 obviously it has you know its pros and its cons but mm-hmm. i feel like nowadays we can be especially with social media uh there's so many you know pages of people just being proud of showing what judaism is all about and showing their their jewish lifestyle and uh, i think it's healthy it's very healthy that people see the what the real thing is and not just you know because it's true if you watch the media if you watch netflix you know it's so it's so stereotypical and it's so like, you know, old way of thinking. So I think social media has its pros that you can follow people that are actually, you know, genuine and authentic. And then you can say, you know what, these people are just like me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and is that where you came up with the song, Who I Am? So Who I Am originally um, was, I, I was asked by a, a Jewish uh, children or organization to write a song about how our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
you know, their biblical stories are not just stories, you know, okay, nice. You know, 3,000 years ago, this guy started Judaism. Like, you know, it's not, there's, it's not just a story. It's the stories in the Bible are, are like telling you who you are as a Jew. Uh, it's, it's your, uh, one line I say in the, in the song is, our stories are a little different, but the lessons are the same. So yeah, obviously we, we don't have, you know, we're not going on a donkey and like, God doesn't ask me to, you know, to, to circumcise at age 99, but you know, the, but the, the lessons are the same that, you know, you always have to grow. And like, <clears throat> so that, that, that was the goal of the song. And, you know, I'm, I've always been very proud to, to, to show that, that the Torah and, and the biblical stories are not just stories. Not, they're not just, you know, uh, fairy tales, but they're, they have lessons in them, right? Torah, in, in, in Hebrew, Torah, it's not just Bible. Bible means book. Mm -hmm. From Latin means book. But Torah in Hebrew comes from the word of like teaching. Mm -hmm. So the, the Torah is not just a book of stories, but it's meant to teach you, you know, about life, about how to, how to live life with meaning. So that was the, you know, that, so I took all these stories and I, I kind of, you know, figured ways what what can we learn from abraham from isaac from jacob um and then you know in the end of the song i i wrote like to make it really real you know we believe that when when the world will come to a state of redemption which you know should be very soon um we we will see you know there's going to be the resurrection of the dead and we are going to see abraham isaac and jacob Again, you know, in a physical body. So I thought of, you know, making it real. And I said, hey, I can't wait to meet you and show you how, you know, I kept your dream alive and made it come true. So it really shows you how, you know, there's a link between Abraham and and every single Jew because, you know, they started a dream and we are the ones that are going to make that dream come true. Mm -hmm. And then what's amazing is, I mean, it's not amazing, but like it's how, how, when you something you know life happens and then the meaning changes right after my father died i was listening to the song again and suddenly it hit me so like in such a different way because suddenly it was about my father you know i can't wait to meet you and show you how i kept your dream alive and made it come true it was like oh my gosh like basically i said how the next chapter you we you are the next chapter of, of judaism you write the next chapter so you know, now my chapter, my next chapter is basically myself without my my dad, you know, physically here. So it was very, very powerful. No, that, that is true. I mean, like we, we, you, me, and everybody else, you know, we represent our, our parents. You know, our parents are the ones that raised us to who we are now. You know, we we take a little bit of what they taught us and then we... And then we get thrown into the, you know, not thrown, but we get put, we walk into the real world and we learn stuff on our own. And so what we do, we put what our parents teach us and what we learn together. And that's what makes us who we are. You know, that makes who you are, you know, for a sure. Very, very, to me, I see you as a very successful musician, and, you know, and me, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, to make my parents happy, even though they're not here. 
I know they're up there looking down at me or next to me, very proud of me. And the same with your dad, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, and it's, and it's a beautiful song. I'll tell you that for sure. You know, Thank it's definitely a hundred percent. And, and you play guitar. Like, how did you pick up a guitar? Did you like, you know, saw somebody play or what? Uh, so I, I did see my brother-in-law when I was, 13 uh he played guitar so i said you know i i would like to try it uh then i was 14 i picked it up um you know got guitars for dummies <laughs> you did seriously <laughs> yeah and i i i you know i sat there and i i spent time and uh again i i don't consider myself a, a great uh guitar i don't do solos or whatever but you know it, it works for performing and it works for writing music you know with it so mm -hmm. you know that that's what i needed for really that's right i mean i i mean i i try i pick up a guitar but i'm not the greatest but when i when i see some of your insta clips and stuff like that you just jamming out the car guitar and i have a lot of respect for people that play guitar because it's it's something that i i mean i wish i learned when i was a younger person i mean i can still learn right now if i want to but you know it, it's it's such a you know, I think guitars are just, you know, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just beautiful. You know what I mean? Cause with the, cause you gotta have like the, you know, you gotta know the tunes of the right place to put the fingers and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. It, yeah. It's, I'm, it's, I'm very thankful. So, for, so, did you, know, so did it take you a while to learn from playing a guitar or what? Um, I would say like eight months until I, I got okay at it. Um, I wouldn't play it every day, but like I spent hours when I, you know, on the days that I did, um, yeah, about eight months and, you know, kept, it, 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 it was my, you know, again, in the bathroom, <laughs> I would take, like, <laughs> well, were, you, were, were you on the shitter or were you in the shower? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I like, I, for me, it was like people like can't do anything while they're pooping. Like I can play music totally like. It just went perfect. <laughs> Very... you're, you're like this, like, oh, wait, oh, what? Hold on, what? That's a tune right there. I got it right here. <laughs> very, very smoothly, seamless. Um, but yeah, I, I, I used to play, you know, growing up and in, in, uh, going to rabbinical college. I would bring my guitar and play it in, in the bathroom. Um, and then, you know, just kept playing. And, you know, in the beginning, when I first performed for the first time in front of people, in front of like my friends, you know, I di I didn't think I was that good, but you know, I think I think uh, even even in life, while I'm you know learning more about you know jo the job world, um, you know, I'm a, a director of of a nonprofit now, and I, I realized that there's a lot of people out there. You know, I always thought that people that have jobs they they know exactly what they're doing, mm -hmm. uh, and and the more I go on, the more I realize that. There's a lot of people that have jobs and they don't know exactly what they're doing. So, you know, even if you, you don't play amazing, I think it's still okay. Yeah. And then how do you, like, this is always curious about like musicians that write their own songs and stuff like that. Like, do you have like a, a certain way that you write, you think of your songs that you're going to write? Like, do you meditate? Do you go out and watch the sunset, sunrise? Like, 
you know, I mean, I know you say, you, you know, you do most of your thinking and playing music in the bathroom, but I mean, do you have, you know, other ways that you think of like how to, you're going to do the next song or anything? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, I, sometimes I pee, sometimes I poop. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, so, oh, so you're playing the guitar while you're peeing? That's pretty rad, dude. <laughs> That's very talented. <laughs> No, but the um, it's a very very good question because so a lot of my songs were like songs for organizations, so I had deadlines, uh, so I didn't really have like who I am actually. I I wrote most of the lyrics like literally five hours before my daughter was born, so my my mo my wife was being induced, so we're in the hospital. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to finish the lyrics by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we so we wrote you know, the lyrics then. Uh, but usually, like right now, I'm, I'm working on my album. Um, like, you know, inspired also from my, my father. Um, I, I really want to make an album. I, I don't have yet a date. I don't want to pressure myself too much. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, like my way of doing it would be, I, so the music, the lyrics for me are the harder, the harder part. Like music is a feeling, so sometimes you know I'll I'll have a good feeling on like um, maybe on Saturday where I, I don't use my phone, so I have more less distractions, so I'm more in tune. But usually, um, I sit down in my off you know, my my little studio, and the first thing would be to write down just like what I want to give, like what what the feeling. What do I want people to, you know, to feel it through the song? Uh, so like what the concept, what's really like, what is the song coming to answer? Like kind of a question. There's always a driving question, like, and then the song is going to answer that question. Mm -hmm. uh, then, so I write down a bunch of ideas for the song. Then once I have more of a structure for the song, then I start playing music. Uh, the piano really, I, I play a little bit of piano. Oh, Not wow. nothing, uh, you know, nothing perfect, but it helps me to to write down the music. And I have, you know, I make I make some kind of a, you know, a structure of the music. Then once I have the structure of the music, then I I start writing words. Um, so I, I start, you know, kind of defining that those ideas. So first is the idea, then is the music, and then. I translate the ideas into lyrics mm -hmm. and then I sit down with my producer. Uh, we, we kind of go through, he, he understands me. He understands what I want to give uh, with that song. I, I'm always listening to music. So sometimes I'm like, my filter is always on. So like, if I'm listening to a song and I'm like, Oh, I like that. I like that, you know, that piece, that transition, or just, it's like a moment in a song that like my filter, like, oh, I like that. So I take that and then I, I, I'm I always using, uh, you know, cycling, so to speak, recycling, you know, bits of, of songs. And then um, I, I, you know, kind of make them my own and then translate them in a song. So yeah, that's pretty much idea, music, and then lyrics. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, I have a lot of respect for musicians because I mean, I mean, I try to 
you know, write down a song or try to think of a, a rap, you know, try to have rhymes and this and that. That's, that's the toughest thing to do, man. Like, cause you got to sit, like, sit there and make sure the song goes with the beat and the beat goes with the song. You know what I mean? And the guitars and pianos and the, and the DJ and this and that has to be all together. I mean, that's just, to me, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And I have a lot of respect for musicians on that, you know? Well, thank you. I mean, I, I definitely, consider myself um very lucky that i have a really amazing producer because he he i mean we we've been working for five years now so we released the first song in uh, january of 2018 mm -hmm. and you know we we both came a long way like we we were in the beginning of our journey like musically um definitely like producing music and you know he he understands me i trust him we both trust each other and um yeah it's it's i'm very like very lucky that i have you know a guy that i, I can really you know share my like i'm very comfortable and and he understands me so yeah and he's he's incredibly talented like i'm very thankful for that congratulations and that's very hard to find someone as talented as that you know for sure and and um and you said that you got an album come out. I know you say you don't know the deadline or anything. Do you have a name for it or something that we can keep our eyes out for? Definitely. So uh, that's another you know pretty powerful uh, background to. So it's going to be called Willow. Willow, like the, the plant. Mm -hmm. um, so initially, I I never did an album before. I have twelve singles out, um, but you know I said I thought eventually maybe I'll do an album. You know, even though these days no one does albums because, like, you know, just do singles. Everybody does singles. Yeah. But I thought of, you know, doing, like, a full a full body of work. Um, so <clears throat> I thought of calling it Willow because um, it's kind of that representation of pain, like sadness, but also mm -hmm. it's a plant, so it's green, it's growth. So it's it, the, the idea behind it was growing from pain. Mm-hmm. And it's also I, I I always like the willow because so my my Jewish birthday is um, one of the customs that happen. It's the holiday of Sukkot, mm -hmm. which is when we use the plants, the branches. And on the day on on my birthday, we actually have a custom that we take a bunch of willow plants and we like hit them on the floor. It's like a whole. It's so it's like my day. It's like the willow day, basically. That's awesome. So. I had that name. I was like, yeah, sure. We'll call it Willow. And then my father died on my birthday. Oh, man. So so now, like, the name Willow became, like, a, you know, it, it was just, like, a whole different meaning because he, he died on my birthday, which is, the you know, the Willow Day. So I'm definitely calling it Willow. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> after that, there's, there's, you know, it's kind of a, <clears throat> not a prophecy, but, like, you know, so yeah, that's gonna be. So I'm I'm not giving myself uh, you know pressure because I I really like my therapist was really pushing me like yeah you gotta you know every day you know do something for it. And then I realized you know I I want to enjoy the process. I want to enjoy writing it out. I don't want the pressure. You know it's I'm doing it for me. There's no deadlines. So my my new plan is to have a, a music video with a brand new song about Moshiach, okay. um, which is you know the 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 days of the redemption 
mm-hmm. it's which is kind of why why Judaism exists, like why why we're here, like why mm-hmm. God created the world. It's a really it's an amazing, very genuine, bold song about why we're here. And I say bold because like even even like the the religious Jewish artists, they don't talk about it. They don't they don't explain to you why Moshiach like a lot of people are afraid of it because they don't know. Uh, they don't know what it means. They, they, oh, maybe they're they're afraid of like, oh, the day of judgment, which is like nothing to be scared of. Yeah. Um, it's it just God knows exactly who you are, what you've done, and like, the, he he's not he's not this grumpy old guy that's gonna you know smite you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, so, and just wipe everything out. Say no, I don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna erase everything. We're gonna restart everything. You know. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah, it's really not. I I think a lot of. Uh, just the unknown is is scary. So the the best way to tackle the unknown or ignorance is just learn. You know, yeah. You know, it's it's address what the fear is and and tell you what it is. So you don't you're not afraid of it. So that song I I want to have it out before Pesach. So that's um, end of May. Okay. So that, that's what I wanted that that one. Then my song. Uh, another song wanted out in the summer. It's it's called "You're You're Already Happy." Okay, I like that. Yeah, so that one is going to be a song about happiness. Um, my my favorite line in the song is, "I can't be happy if I want to be happy." Hmm. I like that. Because, that's very that's very strong. Yeah, because the the bottom line is, if you want to be happy, it's already selfish, mm-hmm. and self. So, anything that's selfish, it will never be enough. You know, you, you, you want, you think I'm going to get that, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to accomplish that. Then I'm going to be happy. That's not the way. The way is know what your purpose is. And then you, you can find purpose every day. And that's what feeds happiness. You have to work at it every day. So that's, why I say like happiness, there's no way road to happiness because happiness is the road every mm-hmm. day we we can get in the zone of, of happiness. If you think about, okay, what, what's my purpose today? What, what am I needed for, right? So let's yeah. say today I, I need to figure out, I need to find a marketing director for my organization. I need to record, you know, my version of You're Already Happy. And that's my purpose today. And that's what's going to give me happiness, you know? So that's going to be out in the summer. And then my album may be, maybe spring of, of 2024, maybe. No, okay. No, no pressure. <laughs> no, no, not around your birthday. I was thinking around your birthday. That's what I was thinking. Oh, like, well, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's in ten months. So you know, we'll oh, okay. see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work Take at time, it. Man. Take your time. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna work at it. You know, every day. But I have these two goals, these two music videos, uh, for spring and the summer. And then, you know, if I, if I see that I'm, you know, maybe, maybe by my birthday, that would be nice. Yeah. It'd be a great, and I, I'm looking for it for the album. Once you know, I'm definitely am because I mean, like I said, your music is a very inspirational. You know, you have a lot of meaning to your music. You know, your songs and and it, and it's and it's and it's it's about life. It's about what your journey and what you've gone through and other people's journeys. And, and you know, and, and I can feel I, me personally, I I relate to your songs. You know, and I hope other people do too. You know do too, or the new listeners that going to go check you out on Spotify or Amazon music or wherever it's at 
gets inspired by it too because it's it's a very it's very something that we need you know something what you're singing and, and what you're inspiring us with is, is something that we all need you know yeah me, me included <laughs> no we like a song like we we all have a song right that one is I, that's a I, good song by the way yeah thank you so the, the italian part in the beginning which you can find my, the lyrics with the translation on my website mm-hmm. under my music um it, it, it's that's how i felt i felt like everybody knows what they're doing and i, I have no idea what i'm doing i had i i didn't know what my song was you know i didn't know why like what what am i doing here right mm-hmm. and and then i i don't really answer it like i i i i have a my another song is going to be in the album really answers like how do you find your purpose right how do you how do you find what's your unique goal like why were you created right so it's it's a mixture of the good the things that you're good at and the things that you're that are hard for you so th- that's like a co- combination of like that's your purpose that's your journey right so yeah it's it's uh i'm just sharing my journey i'm like trying to literally my songs are are questions that i have and i try to answer them and yeah thank god i find it that you know i people message me they say how you know how much it, it means to them and and um yeah i can't wait to to share more and i can't wait to to you know sing like i want my concerts right now my my concerts are more like for organizations um but i i can't wait to have my own like just my concert with mm-hmm. And I want people to cry and to laugh and to be inspired by it. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And and um, before we take off, um, where can people find your music at? I mean, I know I said Spotify, Amazon, but do you like what what you said? Uh, website stuff like that. Where can people find you? So Instagram, my website is guys. It's probably I mean y o s s i r o d a l dot com. Um, you can find me on Instagram with that same name. That's my that's my name, no no stage name. It's just me. Um, and Spotify. So probably like because my name, like it's hard to re- like to write it. You know, all whatever. Probably the best thing would be either to write "proud Jew" mm-hmm. on Google. Like you write "proud Jew" is going to come up, or you write "we all have a song." Okay. So that that's probably the the easiest way to find my my music. You're right. We all have a song or proud Jew and uh, my song is going to come up. It's all my website, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music and all that stuff. Okay. So you hear that listeners, check them out. His music's very amazing, great talent, good voice. I mean, it's definitely worth jamming out to while you're driving down the road on a road trip or something. So definitely check them out. And before we take off, um, is there anything you want to say to any to the upcoming musicians, to the Jewish community? Anything you want to say to anybody? Absolutely. Um, I I want to say that uh, you you're a Ferrari. What it means is I'm Italian, so I like Ferraris. But <laughs> what it means is that your value is unconditional. It doesn't depend on anything. You don't. No one can give it to you and no one can take it away from you. So your value, which means your soul, it's, you know, indestructible. It's 
unconditional. Doesn't matter what you do. Um, it's intrinsic. It's built in, and and it's infinite. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. So imagine you are a Ferrari. You wake up in the morning. You have a Ferrari, right? Mm -hmm. It's. It doesn't matter what you did the day before. You can destroy the Ferrari the day before. The next morning, you have a Ferrari fresh. So, you know, my, some people might think, oh, that, that's going to make me entitled, you know, because, you know, no matter what I do, I'm always valuable. But the truth is, it's your soul is a responsibility. You have a soul. You have a Ferrari. You can do stuff with it. Now you can do stuff. You have a soul because God has a plan for you. God has a plan your voice needs to be heard. You have, your voice is important. So, um, you know, if you need help figuring that out, figuring what your Ferrari can do, definitely, you know, reach out to, whether if it's a therapist, if it's a mentor, if it's a rabbi, if you're, you know, whatever, whatever that person is, a person on social media, if a, co a coach, whatever that is, but your Ferrari is there, use it. You have your voice is important. Your soul is valuable. Use your value to bring to bring value to the world because that's that's the the secret to 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 being happy, feeling fulfilled, to grow from your pain, uh, to really make make a difference. So remember, you're a Ferrari. And, and what color is your Ferrari? Uh, hot red. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think my mine mine is a. Uh... Pure blue. <laughs> nice. Awesome. See, all different colors. Right? <laughs> well, Yoshi, thank you so much, man. And and I'm actually, I, I'm glad that we met at the Adam Sandler show on in December. Because, I mean, you know, I, it, it's, I always look at things like things are meant to be. You know what I mean? Like we were meant to meet at that time after the show, whatever, and then become friends down the line, you know, and I, and I, and I just want to say, you know, I was really glad to meet you and, and talk to you for a little bit and have you on the podcast and, you know, and your music, very amazing and very inspiring and stuff. And I want to say thank you for coming on, on one-on-one and thank you for what you're doing to the Jewish community, to the whole world by introducing your music and, and everything to everybody. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that I met you. And I, when I went to that concert, I knew, that you know something was gonna happen, like low key. I'm working on it, but I I I'm planning to bring him down in the summer <laughs> for a concert in San Diego. So oh, I'll, you I'll are? Let, yeah, I'll let you know about that. But yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, I knew when when we met, I was like, I know why I went to that concert. Besides yeah. for having fun, but like, I knew that there was a reason. So thank you so much for doing this, for doing what you do, and uh, keep rocking and. You know, keep uh, zooming in your Ferrari and make the world a, a holy place. Uh, you too, brother. And, and let's meet up sometime and grab some brunch. Absolutely. I love coffee. All right, <laughs> Definitely. Coffee too. <laughs> All right, homie. Well, take care and thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. Have, right, have a beautiful week. You too.